welcome to House Party, a podcast where real estate and pop culture collide coming straight to you from the editors of Realtor.com. I'm Natalie Way. And I'm Rachel Stoltz. And I have some breaking news that I can finally share with our podcast family in the world. Uh, I'm pregnant. Yeah. So you're going to have to put together a nursery soon. This is very exciting. I've just, you know, I've been thinking peripherally about, um, you know, what the what the scheme's going to be in the baby's nursery and whatnot. But um, something I've been thinking even more about is, you know, we live in an apartment. We share walls with people. Um, and new baby equals crying <laughs> noise. Mm. And so I feel like it's only polite to inform my neighbor as I get closer to my due date to inform my neighbor's. And maybe even bestow upon them some sort of like gift. Like, yeah. we're having a baby and it might be kind of loud. But sorry like, in advance. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry in advance. <laughs> exactly. Apologies for the disruption. Yeah. Um, yeah. I noticed this. I don't know if this is a trend, um, a new trend, but I have noticed this more and more uh, that young couples might go around door to door to their neighbors in an apartment building and offer condolences, Mm -hmm. (laughs) preliminary condolences (laughs) and um, like a, like a gift basket. And I I saw it on TV too. So of course, if it happens on TV, it happens everywhere. But Mm -hmm. um, I've read some stories about this happening for the past several years. Is this, is this a trend? Do you know, or is it just like a, if you're feeling extra courteous? I think it's just like etiquette. I think Mm. it's just, especially if you live, you know, if you live in an apartment, you live, you, you share walls, the walls are kind of thin. I think it's just, I would feel, I would appreciate if my neighbor did that. Like all of a sudden I just hear like a screaming baby at yeah. random hours of the day. And I'm like, wow, kind of wish they would have said something. So we're just trying to, we're, we're just trying to, you know, get, get ahead behind, of it, get ahead of that before yeah. it, it becomes like an issue or whatever. It's funny though that, you know, the people who are apologizing for that are, it's like, you can't control the screaming baby. And I tend to have a little bit more forgiveness for something like that versus, I don't yeah. know, my upstairs neighbors who I swear are dropping kettlebells up there uh, all day long. Like, where's my apology note and gift basket for that? Seriously, I know it's just general like we we do talk about this a lot like just general living in an apartment sharing walls and like noise and yeah just dealing with that the etiquette behind that but um yeah are you gonna wait until after the baby's born to do it or no well I'll probably do something maybe a few weeks before I'm supposed to give birth Mm. um maybe a month before okay Watch, then you'll end up having, like, the quietest little guy ever. I mean, ugh. from your lips to God's ears. <laughs> um, I'll yeah, cross but my I'm, fingers. I'm, a, I'm about six months pregnant, so I have a, f- a few more months to go. Um, and, you know, hopefully, I, I mean, all the people who live around us are are nice folks as far as we've as far as we've known, except for, uh, <laughs> uh, you know who I'm talking about, but yeah, um, we'll have to get the, the scoop on the uh, patio dilemma guys. Oh my God. That's like, 
we should have like a patreon so people can like so i can like actually go into detail about that dilemma and people can hear it behind the paywall but anyway yeah so we'll have to formulate some cute little like some gift to say like we're having a baby and it's may or may not be loud (laughs) sorry sorry well that's exciting uh of course i knew but i'm very excited for our listeners to now know that you have a little bundle of joy coming mm-hmm. and I'm sure that we will be talking in the future about how you decide to deal with this and then also your nursery plans and just you know life in general in an apartment with a baby there it, it relates to real estate and design it does we will we will make it relate <laughs> trust we me. will trust me Exactly. Um, so we have another recap for you guys today. Um, we we hear that Christina, formerly Anstead, formerly Almusa, currently Hawk, which is her maiden name, Christina of Flipper Flop. Um, Christina on the Coast is now her new show that just premiered its third season. We fourth. hear that she fourth season. Fourth, fourth season excuse me um she she has a pretty big either fan base or troll base (laughs) like she's a pretty polarizing character for a lot of people i thought people loved her it's mixed it's a mixed bag i think people i think people judge her like she's one of those hgtv stars that get that gets judged um, Don't they all? especially especially because she's so much she's so in the press for like her relationships and stuff true, true like outside of just the show drama so I mean what were your overall thoughts about this this episode <laughs> um I enjoyed the episode mm-hmm. it was very basic to me though mm-hmm. and I I really was struggling if I'm being honest to find too much different about this show versus all the other design shows out there. (laughs) It's Um, pretty formulaic. It's very formulaic. Uh, And Christina herself, I, she rubbed me the wrong way initially. I'll go ahead and admit I I was uh, (laughs) not, not a fan. She struck me as kind of judgmental, maybe of her clients actually. Oh yeah, for sure. A lot of, a lot of trouble with her face. (laughs) <laughs> managing her her facial expressions um by the end though I w- I'd warmed up a little bit and I yeah. like her style I think her style's very nice it's clean mm-hmm. um this particular episode it was called a heartfelt hacienda makeover and it was a young-ish couple who are living in a Spanish style house uh on the mostly the exterior and they wanted to revamp their kitchen and their living area and give it more of a modern Spanish flair. And I, I like Spanish interiors, So I was excited to see how, how they did with this. My, I know we'll get more into the episode, but my one takeaway was that it didn't feel particularly Spanish at all. I don't know if you've felt like that that was my takeaway as well I said just looking when after their design meeting I said this is not this is not Spanish style but okay yeah good fine uh we'll we'll get more into that but I I agree um this house uh is owned by Jason um who's a music excuse me Jason who's a musician uh and his wife Amy they live in Fullerton California in Orange County um and 
The home was initially, it was Amy's childhood home. So her parents owned it. Uh, her grandmother owned it too, I think, right? Yeah, yes. So there's a lot of history. She has so much um, nostalgia tied to like every nook and cranny of the house. And so she really has had an issue making changes, which that is a thing for a lot of people. Um, yeah, I was sympathetic to this. And then, yeah, I don't know. I had conflicted feelings about Amy. On the one hand, it's like, why go on a show where you're going to renovate your whole house if you're not ready to let go of that sentimentality? On the other hand, I felt like she was just being judged a lot for having these strong feelings about these, <laughs> the bones of this house that have meant so much to her. Yeah, I think I wrote the word judgy about like six times in my notes <laughs> because there was just so much judging of Amy wanting to like holding close to little elements of the house. And it's like from like her husband too, not yeah. just Christina. It was he was like piling on. They definitely yeah. kind of ganged up. Christina and her husband Jason ganged up on Amy quite a bit throughout they the did. episode. And she she took it in stride, but I kind of felt for her. I was like, oh, you know, I, I don't know that I would feel great about dropping 85 grand on a renovation that I'm being kind of bulldozed into and mm-hmm. being told to just like let it go. Yeah, I agree. I, I was actually talking to one of my close friends this last weekend about a similar situation where her parents are like, well, like when we pass away, you'll get our house. And she's like, that's great, but, like, I don't know if I would want to change anything. Yeah. And, like, if I were to bring my partner, like, to live with me in the house and they'd want to change something, like, she's like, I, I, because, like, this is where the sofa goes. This is, you know, the this wall is painted this color. And, and it's really hard for a lot of people. So yeah. I think just the fact that Christina, and it was funny in the beginning how Christina was discussing the project with her project manager manager Jason um and she was totally like dissing the house and being like it's linoleum and pink and then she finds out that like it's Jason's wife's family's house and she's really reluctant and you know so like it's like wow okay Christina now you look like you have egg on your face okay yeah. <laughs> um but anyway so Christina's like I totally want to take on this project let's do it Um, So she goes to look at the project, the inside of the house, and it is worse for wear. It needs, like, the cabinets are, you know, um, there's paint chipping. Um, None of their appliances worked, like, not even the refrigerator. They had to use the refrigerator in the garage. Um, Their dishwasher was being used as storage for their Mm -hmm. water bottles, so... I mean, the kitchen definitely needed an overhaul for sure. And and Amy knew that too. She's not like, oh my God, I can't part with these like paint chipped cabinets. Um, but that was fine. But like, yeah, like you said, Christina's face really said it all. Like she was walking through the kitchen and like looking at the floors that are super worn down and just being like, uh, you want to keep these floors? Like what i i don't know there were just points at which christina frankly she was not being terribly uh warm and easy to work with and i thought man if this was my designer i would making me feel like that i would not be too pleased but by the end i actually thought that they um 
they sort of they, they they made some compromises that I think were were really good. I think Christina yeah. um Christina humored Amy and her indecision and kind of all of her quirks and took her shopping to the tile store. There's there was a lot more involvement from the couple in this show with Which like, I liked. picking out the designs and stuff than I've ever seen in another show. And that was cool. I liked that. Like they had a design meeting um, inside the house and Christina brought some samples with her. Um, uh, okay. I-, I wrote down this question. Why does Jason have a toothpick in his mouth during the design meeting and then subsequently throughout the episode? <laughs> but then I realized it's probably cause he's, he used to be a smoker and he it's like oh maybe right or just a quirky musician thing I don't know maybe (laughs) some people just like toothpicks because they did say like oh you know when she was going through all that ceramic stuff it was like this is an ashtray that Jason made so like I don't know whatever I was like Jason always he's like a hipster and he has a toothpick in his in his mouth okay Jason was very hipster Um, very hipster very judgmental hipster um so I was a little okay so like we said they the theme for this house is modern hacienda and great that sounds super on trend but like you know also can stand the test of time but everything that Christina came up with in terms of samples was white cabinetry white Marble Island. Girl, it was farmhouse. White backsplash. Boring. I said boring. And and then she throws in this like spiral tile that's like supposed to be like a Spanish style hacienda tile, but I'm like that's not Spanish style. That's like it, it could pa- it's it was like Spanish style passing, but you could also argue that it was farmhouse. You could also ar- argue that it was Mediterranean. It was yeah. Very transitional. It was transitional. And I do like transitional, but it wasn't nothing about this kitchen said Spanish Hacienda. I mean, if I was an interior designer and my client came to me and said, I love that Hacienda Spanish style and you're going to do a statement backsplash on over the stove. There is so much fun tile you can work with. Yeah. Well, and it was funny because... So Amy had a meltdown a little bit about the blue spiral tile combined <laughs> with the red knobs on the the range, the oven. Yes, yes. And said, I'm worried it's going to look like 4th of July. I just heard my mother and this. This is so something my mother would freak out about. Um, <laughs> I loved it. I feel Amy in my soul. So Amy was having a meltdown about this. And she's like, I really just don't know. Like, that's not that tile doesn't speak to me. And she was only offered two options. And Mm -hmm. so obviously, she's sort of curious to see more. Christina and Jason are like, no, you don't need to see more. These are what we presented you with. And you will pick one of these. She was being so silenced. And like, I was like, Amy's being silenced. And I don't like it. Let, Let the girl shop. So finally they caved, they took her to the store, but they, they wouldn't let her look around. <laughs> it was like having a small toddler. They acted You're trying like to she was a shopaholic. Of. Yeah. And she was going to spend like five hours in the tile store. I mean, maybe I mean, you understand those places can be super overwhelming and sure, 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 sure. You know, a few minutes shopping can easily turn into, you know, all day, but fine. So but Christina's like, like, I set up a corner. Don't look at anything else. <laughs> like shield your eyes and we're going to go look at this corner and we're, I'm going to show you the, the other options. And, and Christina's even like Jason hold her hand. 
and I'm just like oh my god it was very condescending um but they get in there and uh she is allowed to actually pick out tiles that she likes and you see Christina's face she just looked disgusted (laughs) <laughs> did you see yeah. that I did like she, and Amy initially gravitated toward this one that was like white but like kind of beige but then it had these little lee like little uh, green leaves in each corner and she's like this just strikes me as something that my grandmother would have and it's like you are correct that is a grandma tile <laughs> um not really Spanish style but like okay uh and I I didn't like the ones that she ended up picking I agree like the one looked like barbed wire Mm -hmm. the Um, other one seemed too busy she liked it because it had brown in it but Christina was not a fan Christina does not have a poker face um no 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 which I don't know to some degree I kind of appreciated it they were trying to keep Amy focused and I I Mm -hmm. do understand that and ultimately Amy looked at these other options and then she was like oh Christina, you were right from the get-go. I liked your choices. So mm-hmm. um, I thought that was an interesting exercise, uh, not only for Amy to go through it, but for them to show the viewer how it works when somebody actually does get more autonomy in totally. their design. To like, totally. take them shopping, and then they end up with the same thing that the designer picked in the in the first place. Listeners, if any of you are interior designers, let us know if this is like a technique that you use with clients. If if the client isn't happy with samples that you bring, you go shopping, present them with a few more, let them pick out a few more, and then they will see, oh, you are the professional. Okay, you know what you're talking about. It was almost some weird like Jedi mind trick. So I don't know, respect to Christina. I mean, she's, she's like, okay, I only have 15 minutes to do this, so let's go do it and see what you come up with. But right, I wasn't right. sure whether Amy actually really liked that tile or she just got railroaded into it. But I mean, I think out of the three that she had, the blue one was the best one. Yeah. Even though I will say again, it's not Hacienda. It's not Spanish style. <laughs> but okay, fine. You sh- she should have done something more architectural and more colorful, but whatever. Fine. It was really pretty when, when applied, though. And Amy, sure. in the end, it's very clear that Amy is extremely happy with mm-hmm. the final product. And the the 4th of July is nowhere to be seen in that kitchen. The blue, the green, the bleh. What color are they? The red knobs have, and red knobs plus blue tile is not, fourth of july at all no i can see how she might have been concerned about that but it all it all came together and i think in one of these situations you have to trust that the celebrity designer knows what they're doing Mm -hmm. and i'm sure that's why christina was kind of rolling her eyes a little bit but yeah um i do think she knows what she's doing but i don't think she knows how to create a hacienda design so no. To to Amy's chagrin, they took out several of the Hacienda features that were existing in the house. Like there were several arch doorways and I understand they were trying to open it up, but mm-hmm. by opening it up and removing the arches, it just looks like a cute bungalow. It's There was one point where Amy introduces us to this desk that she bought with her mom um, that is turquoise and it has a lot of sentimental value. I loved that. I loved that. And I was actually like, okay, this, the, 
the cut like turquoise is such a spanish style color nice. right like it's friggin you know jesse tyler ferguson's house that he just sold to leonardo dicaprio the trim of the windows outside are turquoise like it is such a classic spanish style color yes it's festive and i don't it was it was bright yes and it wasn't not i wouldn't say an eyesore your eye is drawn to it but i didn't find a way to make that work Totally. Find a way to make that color work in your in your scheme. But instead totally. they said, let's paint it white, let's strip it down and stain it, or let's paint it black. <laughs> and they ultimately ended up painting it black, and it looks good, but it has none of the character that it had before. Absolutely. Um, and then, you know, I guess maybe the other draw of this show is that you get a few moments of a glimpse into Christina's personal life. Are you talking so. about her going to see the wellness specialist? <laughs> well, I was talking first about how she meets up with her best friend who she hasn't seen in a while. And she, she talks candidly, well, somewhat candidly about how uh, hard it's been with her divorce from Aunt Anstead. And she talks again about that with her holistic wellness doctor. And so Christina has an autoimmune disorder. That is what I gathered from. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Uh, but yeah, it sounds like Christina has some health issues and she takes supplements for them. Um, it sounds like she's probably seen a lot of doctors for it. And she, one of the specialists that she does see is this wellness um, person. And I, they didn't show much of the treatment. It was pretty much just Christina lying down on a little bed and the wellness specialist holding her head and telling her to settle into you. Ooh, I got it. Christina, 37, has Hashimoto's thyroid disease and PCOS, polycystic ovary syndrome, as well as skin flare-ups caused by certain foods. So she has to completely overhaul her wellness regime. Okay. I mean, Hashimoto's is, yeah, that's no joke. Um you know, if if not, yeah. I'm so not familiar with Hashimoto's. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> this is not medical hour, so I'm not going to go into everything <laughs> I've heard about it. But that, yeah, that does that is not something to just toy with. Um, so fine. And I do, you know what? I do whenever I do, and whenever I watch reality TV, I do like to see them go to these weird like gurus and like get like weird body treatments and stuff it is it is definitely a trope of like real housewives and like other bravo shows so um the fact that we got to see her seeing a wellness specialist was i thought that well, was kind of fun also doubles as a chiropractor so fine she got, yeah she got yeah. some some back treatment out of that too so it's very newport beach so <laughs> so here's my question this is Season four, episode one, she's been going for a long time with this show. And obviously, as you mentioned before that with Flipper Flop and uh, she's well known. What's what's the appeal here? I knew you were going to ask that. (laughs) I just want to like, would you keep watching? Um, Is there what makes Christina's show unique from the others? I think... I think the fact that she is a mother appeals to a lot of people um, that she is juggling. I mean, right. Most, a lot of people on HGTV are also parents um, juggling design businesses prominently. (laughs) 
Yes, we have discussed that as well. Um, I think her, I don't think her design aesthetic is particularly um, unique or something new. Yeah. It's very like Property Brothers. Um, It's not like, you know, Alice and Victoria or um, uh, Chip and Joe that have like this very, they've kind of carved their own sense of style. Yeah, it's um, very like white, clean, yeah, modern, and she'll give you a hint of something that you like that's a little bit more exotic. So if farmhouse is your deal, she can probably give you that. If it's hacienda, she'll give you some blue spiral tile. Right. I think it's maybe just because she's like really pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that's what I was thinking too. Because she has like really thick, long, pretty hair and... <laughs> She's just like really skinny and she's beautiful. like really tan and people like that. I don't know. I, I, this is this, these are my thoughts. I was like, what's the draw? I'm not saying it was unenjoyable. Yeah. But I, I think at certain points, I think she's kind of mean, but not in like a, she's snarky. She, she is like, she seems like a go getter. She does seem like a, you know, I know how to get my work done and, and, you know, kind I of like guess. a badass businesswoman. I got a little bit more pizzazz from Allison Victoria, who's also snarky, but like does it with a little bit more style. This, I don't know, Christina just struck me as a bit judgy. I mean, we, we both thought judgy. Yeah. I, ultimately, I am glad that we watched. Like now, now we know. Now we yeah. know. Yeah. I'll probably watch a couple more just to get a better feel for her. I feel like it's, it's our duty. It's our responsibility to be. Yeah. Um, aware of these personalities and what their particular style is and and yeah and listeners if you want to hear more from us about Christina on the coast let us know too I would recap it for our listeners that would be if that's something that you guys want to hear um I don't know oh, yeah Rachel would you be willing to put yourself through that <laughs> no we are we are glad to watch tv for the good of the public so yes not yes, a problem yes, yes. If you're a frequent listener of this podcast, you might have noticed a running theme. We talk about celebrities moving to a place called Montecito a lot. This is the kind of the new hotspot for celebrities uh, in real estate. And we wanted to shed some light on the topic, find out why. Why are celebs moving there? What's the big draw? Who lives there? And what does it take to get into the neighborhood? So to get the scoop, we decided to talk to Claudine Zapp. She is a celebrity writer for Realtor.com. We have Claudine on the line today. Hi, Claudine. How are you? Thank you for being with us. Hey, great to be back. Hi, Claudine. So like Rachel said, Montecito is kind of the celebrity haven adjacent to Los Angeles. It's located near Santa Barbara. And we've seen a real influx of uh, celebrities and high profile people moving to the area. Obviously, Meghan Markle and Harry um, selected Montecito as their stateside residence Mm -hmm. after leaving the UK. (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, Oprah's lived there forever. Ellen DeGeneres is one of these, you know, serial real estate buyers in Montecito. Um, Right. And uh, Montecito has been quite the hotspot for celebrities, actually going back many, many decades. Um, 
Charlie Chaplin, maybe the OG celebrity, um, he actually helped build the Montecito Inn in 1928 for a little history. Um, and yes, uh, Oprah Winfrey has been a longtime resident. She um, went to uh, a friend's house one day and liked it so much she bought it. Um, for $52 million in 2001. Um, it's, uh, it, at that point, it was uh, about 42 acres and a 23,000 square foot main residence, just a humble cottage. Um, of course, anything for Queen <laughs> Oprah, right? <laughs> I mean, she is the queen. <laughs> Uh-oh, better watch out for the real... Uh, uh, <laughs> the real queen, Prince Harry, the real royalty, but they're going to have to still bow, bow down to Oprah as everyone does. Um, it, she has since expanded her holdings there to 70 acres and it's said to be worth about a hundred million dollars now. So she really is, um, kind of ha- She has an empire in Montecito. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, she actually just recently bought, Jeff Bridges, uh, hundred year old compound there. Oprah um, did? He, yes. Um, oh, wow. $8 million, which is exactly what he paid for it. Uh, I believe in 2014. So, um, she, yeah, she keeps, um, expanding and she has quite, quite the plush, uh, spread. Um, and I know Ellen's kind of giving her a run for her money right now too. I think she just bought back uh, a farmhouse that she had sold and she's got several properties. Maybe you can tell us a little bit more about that. And also what is the point of buying up all the properties <laughs> in, in one place? Well, there isn't a lot of property in Montecito. Um, so last I checked, I think it was yesterday on realtor.com, uh, there were 59 listings in Montecito. Now, again, we're talking about eight square miles. We're not talking about a huge area. We're talking about a population of uh, give or take 9,000 people. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's nestled between the beach and the hills. So it's, it's, and it's unincorporated. So it hasn't yet been swallowed up by Santa Barbara. So it is, it's, it's a very small, exclusive, isolated, secluded place. And, um, that holds, you know, a huge, um, uh, you know, really, um, this this sort of thing that celebrities want, which is they can be in this very upscale area. They can have a lot of privacy. Of course, the more land you buy, the more privacy you have. Um, and uh, there's like one one little area that has um, cute boutiques and little restaurants, and um, you know, like the pet shop George, where Ellen goes for all of her pet treats. Um, you know, Wait, can I ask. can I just say that little downtown area? I went to Montecito this last summer um, to stay with a friend who was renting out there, and nice. I saw. I have to drop this because it's it's not just any celebrity. I saw Justin Bieber and Haley Bieber, his wife, just sitting outside of a coffee shop, very casually. Like their security was in tow, but they were they were not trying to hide at all. And so I feel like that really does kind of give that that lets you know the type the vibe that is in Montecito like that stars it's an okay are, place to do that yeah it's an okay pa- place and people are not stars aren't as concerned with hiding in Montecito as they are in LA yeah um, and I think they can be there without a fuss um there's it's really um a small area they have a lot of um 
uh, they're not given, I don't think it's like the paparazzi doesn't follow them around in the same Mm -hmm. way that happens in LA. So they really, you know, it's got a low key vibe, like you said, and people are, uh, I don't think it's quite cool to like go up and fangirl over, you know, a celebrity. Exactly. Exactly. It's almost like, yeah, you get this feeling that it's like, oh, they're just doing their thing. I better leave them alone. Yeah, and it's their turf, you know. They they own most of the place. Mm-hmm. So I get the I, I get the draw, but why mm-hmm. buy so many properties? Why why do you need more than one multi million dollar estate? <laughs> well, for Ellen, I think um, she doesn't necessarily need all of them, which is why she buys them and flips them. Um, so she for fun. For fun, it's like this a hobby, a weird rich person hobby. Okay, cool. I mean. Yeah. And um, I think a lot of uh, the draw for buyers is that you can you can buy a a property that's been completely redone Mm -hmm. and not have to go through a renovation, which speaking personally at the moment is not really all that fun when you're very Mm -hmm. close to it. Um, When you're a rich person who has multiple places you can live and you can renovate one of them and then decide if you want to keep it or not. Well, why not? Um, so yes, as you mentioned, Ellen and Portia de Rossi, um, they just bought back a place that they had, um, bought, flipped, you know, sold, and then decided that they actually did want it. Um, once, once, uh, she had announced, once Ellen announced that her, her, her talk, she was giving up her talk show, I guess maybe she can spend more time in Montecito chilling out and not renovating. We were a little bit confused by the terminology, bought back because like did she approach the current owner and be like hey I want my place back (laughs) well and 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 she and she sold she bought it for way more than she than she paid even just three years ago so right I mean I don't know buy back is is kind of a weird idea like it wasn't like she went to a pawn shop or something you know <laughs> I know <laughs> right you know <laughs> um but yeah you know it's really interesting uh uh Rob Lowe did the same thing he he had this amazing property that he sold just recently you know saying he wanted to downsize and it was like over 44 million dollars sale and so we thought oh okay now he is he's done with Montecito no he went back and bought not one, not two, but three properties in Montecito that he's one is a tear down, one is a fixer upper, one might be a guest house. I mean, he's so he uh, obviously got the bug too. Maybe it's the Ellen bug, the Oprah bug. I don't know. So, Claudine, you were saying that Montecito isn't exactly a new hotspot, that it's always been popular with celebrities. Do you feel like it's become more popular though recently? Like, why are we hearing about it so much right now? Uh, I I think that we're hearing about it because these incredible A-list superstars are buying property there. Um, Katy Perry just... um, she bought a house there, like a $14 million, I don't know, house, mansion, estate. Um, Adam Levine um, just bought a place. Uh, you know, so these like huge, you know, recognizable names. Uh, Ariana Grande got married there and has a place there. So, yeah, I mean, uh, so they're, you know, I don't know. Don't you want to live where your friends live? <laughs> <laughs> 
Are there any properties left? I mean, in eight square miles, it seems like it's probably pretty chock full by now. Yeah. And I, I mean, uh, you know, maybe some of this is word of mouth. I mean, some of these sales do happen off market, but the ones that the homes that are listed, there are only 59 homes that, and, and I think the cheapest one, I mean, you'll have to check me on this, but it was, it was not less than $2 million. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's fear of missing out. Do you feel like LA and Beverly Hills are over and Montecito is just the place that, I mean, I know that like all the work is in LA, like filming and stuff or, but maybe not really because like haven't more people moved to filming in like New Orleans and Atlanta. And so is, is Beverly Hills over and is Montecito like the place to be? Um, I I mean, I would never count Beverly Hills out. I mean, certainly, and, you know, we can talk about this sometime in the future. I mean, there's been some huge sales um, in like the Beverly Crest area and Bel Air. So I don't know that we could say it's over, but maybe for a certain crowd, um, you know, they really do want to, you know, post pandemic have a lot of acreage, be able to kind of breathe without worrying about being chased down and photographed when you go get a cup of coffee and, um, you know, a little more low key. Um, on the other hand, it's not a city, it's just a little enclave and, you know, that could wear thin if you're not raising kids or, you know, wanting chicken coops and that kind of thing. <laughs> or That or- is, that is a consideration too, I'm sure, especially for, people with young kids, I'm curious, I I don't expect you to know this, Claudine, but like, are there good schools out there? And like, you know, because that's what people consider when they buy houses. So for Meghan Markle and for Orlando Bloom and Katy Perry, who have young children, it's like, are you gonna have to commute somewhere to bring them to preschool? And it's, I don't know, it doesn't, it doesn't, it seems like more of a retirement place, which is weird as because there's like younger couples moving there. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point Um, that, you know, the community, I mean, I think that there, you know, you can probably bank off Santa Barbara, which is literally like down the street from Montecito for pretty much anything that you need, including Mm -hmm. preschools. But, um, you know, the population has in general been mostly older, very white high median income, high home price, you know, so um, this is this is definitely a shakeup in that way, I think. Um, uh, and, you know, it, it may it may sort of trend with the sort of the desire for people to flee the city and, you know, you know, ride horses and be out in the fresh, you know, ocean air. I mean, you get mountains and beach in this area. Mm-hmm. It's pretty amazing. Um, I wonder if, I mean, this is our question for everything, but I wonder if COVID also influenced people wanting to get out of the city of LA, you know, productions on TV shows and movies were shut down. So maybe people were just like fresh air, Montecito, let's do it. And then, you know, as things start going back to normal, maybe they'll migrate back to LA. Who knows? That's the thing. I mean, unlike us normal folk, um, when a celebrity buys a house, it's never forever. So (laughs) we can see should, you know, the allure of Montecito sort of uh, grow or if it pales when, you know, the action and the new restaurants and new productions or 
just start opening up again in LA and whether people start missing the city, city life. Right. And it sounds like the demand will never go away in Montecito just because it's such a small area. So if a celebrity wants to sell their home in two years, they'll probably have a decent chance of selling it. It won't just languish on the market. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Megan and Harry definitely add some prestige to the area. It's not just some, you know, flighty celebrities. <laughs> it's just- right. It's like out of all the places they could have picked to live, they picked yeah. Montecito. That says something. Well, thank you for giving us the lowdown on Montecito. Is there anything else that you wanted to add? Any any nuggets of knowledge? Um, you know, I, I hate to end on a kind of a sad note, but I do want to point out that you know, it's not without its downsides um, to live there. There, there was a horrible, horrible mudslide in 2018 that mm. followed these huge fires, and 23 people died, and um, and uh, you know, more than a hundred houses were lost. So it's mm. you know, it is a beautiful natural place, but there are some um, things to consider if you really do want to live there. Um, uh, I know Jeff Bridges' house actually got. Um, really damaged during that time and he right. had to a huge yeah. renovation. Um, so yeah, it is beautiful, but um, there are some some issues that uh, are un- unfortunately sometimes Mother Nature. <laughs> yeah. It's her, yeah. her way. It's not paradise. Not completely. <laughs> well, thank you, Claudine. Um, we we love having you on the podcast. We always love you. We always want you to come back. I love being here. Thanks so much for having me. Yes, thank, thank you. you. We'll talk to you soon to get another celeb lowdown soon. Please do. Okay, so we don't have any uh, making moves this week. Um, oh, wait. No, we do. Do we? I just found one. Yes. Oh, okay. Um, what is it? <laughs> I apologize <laughs> for the, the, the surprise. I didn't Late mean to breaking spring it news. On what it? Yeah. What, what's going uh, on? Steven Seagal's Scottsdale, oh. Arizona home, oh which he had to drop the price on, is now contingent. Okay. The Fortress. Yes. Uh Yes, it is a fortress. It's kind of um, with beautiful views, though. Yeah, gorgeous views. That's why you're buying the house for the incredible Arizona views. It's currently listed for three point three nine five million. That is after a couple price cuts. He mm-hmm. had initially listed the place in 2019 for three point seven seven five million. Then this spring he relisted the home and was asking 3.5 now we're down to 3.395 so not sure i'm gonna go ahead and guess he probably didn't get his asking price but Mm -hmm. uh we'll see we'll keep an eye on when the deal closes and what it sold for yeah so one move made steven seagal um so then we're gonna bounce right on into winners and losers uh, we're going to start with our loser, our celebrity real estate loser, so we can end on a high note. Um, our losers, for purely numbers reasons, because I actually really love them, um, Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union are our losers of the week. 
And for a purely numbers reason, uh, they listed their Miami mansion for $32.5 million in 2019. They've dropped the price several times, and it finally sold for $22 million. So pretty steep cut. Um, this place, it's on the water. It's We'll link to this so you can take a look at the photos. It's worth looking at. It's one of these incredible houses with... Um, Did you say it's in Miami? I think I did. Yeah. You know, the views are spectacular. There's a nice big chef's kitchen. Um, this is modern know. Hacienda. Yeah. With the art, there's a lot of archways. Beam um, ceilings. Things totally. like that. Yeah. Beams. Yeah. The furniture. Um, maybe Christina Anstead should take a look at this uh, one. Yeah. To see. <laughs> Christina should take a little trip to Miami and check out. Yeah, there's a home theater. Uh, It's a gorgeous place. I love it. Okay, so Dwayne Wade purchased the property in 2010 for $10.6 million. Um, So then he put a bunch of money into a top-to-bottom renovation, uh, hence the crazy asking price. Got it. (laughs) Um, Which, you know, a lot of celebrities do that. We see that all the time. And... uh, He's probably still happy that he got, you know, I doubt he put $10 million into the renovation. So he probably made some money off of it. Right. Um, But for a purely numbers reason, Dwayne Wade and Gabriella Union are our losers of the week. I love this place so much. Yeah, it's very clean. God, I need a vacation. I know. It would be a great vacation home. It it really would. It just looks, oh my gosh, it's... (laughs) pure luxury and yeah. waterfront and that pool Ugh. well let's talk about our winner rachel who's our winner this week our winner is newly australian zach efron <laughs> newly Austra- he's just australian now <laughs> uh, he probably hasn't gotten his citizenship but um yeah he's he's broken all ties with the u.s and he's gone down under We've talked about him a couple of times now, the process of him dropping the price on his uh, house in L.A. And uh, then I think we mentioned a couple weeks ago that it was contingent. And now we have the info. The deal has closed. He did sell his Los Feliz home for more than he bought it for. Um, he bought it for just under $4 million And he listed it for $5.9 million, Had a Had a price drop ultimately sold for 5.3 million. So made a million dollar million plus dollar profit. Yeah, it's not so bad. That's not so bad. I don't believe that he put a lot into the design of this place. Um yeah, I you, don't Didn't you call it dated? I did call it dated. Yeah. <laughs> it it looks a little dated to me. Yeah, but this is coming from the girl who thought that a 2019 house looked dated. <laughs> Oh, I'll that never needed, live that it, you, down. You said it needed some uh, some improvements. <laughs> Whose was that? That was Shia LaBeouf's Pasadena house. Yeah. I will never live that down. Built in 2019, um, but really should have looked more 2020. <laughs> oh, God. It was more of a style thing. But um, <laughs> yeah, Zac Efron's place, I think, you know, he he really was able to get very close to his listing price, um, despite it being on the market for a while. I know he, I think we actually called him a loser at one point because he did drop the price, but 
the fact that he was able to make over a million dollars more than he bought it for that that stands as a as a positive that's winner worthy yeah it just goes to show you you can always be a loser and come out as a winner on house party so you just have things are always in flux uh keep trying (laughs) you can always change our minds send us gifts we're we're uh Zach Efron bribable. is a loser. Zach Efron's a real estate loser. Changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> and he has he has purchased um, land in Australia, right? Yeah, I mean, he, I, I think he's I think he's done with us here he's in saying, America. Uh, I'm hello, sure he's, he's yeah. finished. <laughs> yeah, good for him. Uh, yes, you are correct. He bought a block of land outside of Byron Bay. Mm-hmm. wherever that is byron bay i believe is a very uh um, oh, it's near the gold coast yes a very like celeb stud celeb filled um very hip very cool place to be got it um all right and that is it for house party thank you for pressing play and tuning in we love what, hearing what you have to say about the show. So if you have a few extra minutes, please give us a five-star rating and write us a review on your podcast app. Um, if you want to check out any of the stories that we talked about today, you can go to your show notes. Um, we will have links to all the stories there. You can also go to realtor.com slash news, or you can go to Google, type in realtor.com and the topic, and it should pop up for you. We would love to hear from you. As we mentioned earlier in the show, we love to hear what you're liking, what you want less of. I mean, we're, we're flexible. We're here for you guys. So please let us know. Email us podcast at realtor.com. That's singular podcast at realtor.com. You can also find us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Our handle is at house party pod on all three. Thank you again for pressing play and we will catch you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.